Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. As always, I'm your host, Brady Wilson, but this week we're doing it a little bit differently, obviously. As I mentioned on last episode, Chase Olschwanger, my co-host, will not be with us today. Uh, we do not have Zach Babb in the studio with uh, to talk some stars. So we're kicking it back to when I first started In Between the Stitches as a podcast uh, a couple years ago, and it was just me, you know, with my laptop, and I think I had a Blue Yeti mic, so that... That was the setup back then. We got, you know, obviously a huge upgrade here at KNTU. Uh, but we will be without Chase, without Zach. So I let's just say, let's just, let's just get into it. You know, uh, Stars, you know, as, as usually, we'll start with the Dallas Stars. Beat the, beat the New York Rangers on Monday 6-3. to three. I mean, the Stars, they're rolling right now. You know, number one in the Central Division, number four in the Western Conference. You got the Golden Knights tonight at 8-30 in Dallas in the AAC. I mean... They're playing, again, like we, like we keep mentioning each week, they're just playing some really good hockey. And we feel like this is, and we mentioned this in our pre, you know, pre, you know, before the year, our preseason, that's what, that, was what I, that was the word I was looking for. In our preseason predictions, you know, we, we all kind of were talking about how, man, this team's got to be really motivated. You know, this team has to have that kind of, that chip on their shoulder, right? This team has to have that mentality of, all right, We've gotten there, gotten there, gotten there. We're right there. We're right on the edge of a of a you know a Stanley Cup. We're gonna finally do it this year. This this is the year. You bring in Matthew Chain, who has just been playing really well as of late, and you're beating, you're winning, you're winning games, and you're you know you are playing like the team that you should. Are we going to run the table? Are we going to be the Bruins of last year? Probably not. But I I don't think that we're gonna be we we're gonna be disappointed. If we're not the Bruins of last year, you know, again, the Golden Knights tonight, it's a big game because you lost to them earlier in the year. So you, you, you kind of say you want, you want to get your revenge, but this is still, you know, they are the reigning defending world champs. So again, you lost in a shootout last time. So you're right there with those really good teams. You, you'd like to take this one against Vegas because again, they're, you know, top team. Defending champs, it, it, it I, I don't like, you know, we made a statement. It's an overused phrase in sports. But you kind of want to make some statements here. And, and with hockey and baseball and basketball, it's a lot more difficult to make statements because of how long the season is. Football is 17 games. You can make a statement every week and, and that work. Uh, for for the for storyline purposes, this, you know, in hockey, it's hard to make statements, air quote here, because, well, there's so many games. And you can make statements, but are they, is, is that statement going to matter, you know, next year? Is it, is, is it going to matter later in the season? Not next year. I was forget next year technically, but obviously later in the year. We're, we're, we're playing, again, we're playing well. Would like to beat the Knights tonight in Dallas again, 830. I think uh, I'm going to say we're going to win. I mean, it's, again, it's a long season, so what you do right now, it matters. It's like baseball. It matters. When you get to the end of the season and you see that you would have liked to have those games that you lost that were close. So we'll see. But uh, hopefully the Stars can finish out the month strong. You got Vegas tonight, uh, Calgary on Friday. Next Tuesday, you got Winnipeg. And then next Thursday, you're back and you're playing Calgary again in Calgary this time. So a, a, a decent stretch there to win some hockey games to close out the month of November. So now we're going to move to basketball. And again, no chase. So. Uh, imagine chasing his expertise uh, on this. You know, Mavs, we've got the Lakers tonight at 9.30. We are in L.A. 
coming off of a go away, coming off of a big loss against Sacramento, coming off a loss against Milwaukee. You definitely you definitely would like to beat the Lakers, you know, Western Conference team. You you definitely want to beat them and you got the Clippers here in a couple days and then to close out the month, you've got the Rockets. So some Western Conference teams for the Mavs to kind of close out their month of November. You have had some guys play. I mean, again, it, we, we're kind of covering it each week. The storylines haven't changed all that much. Derek Lively's still playing really well. Grant Williams is a godsend. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., is his, his hot start is continuing. Irving's dealing with some injury issues, as usual. Um, you know, there's again, Derek Joe Jr. has really, he started off a little bit slow, but he has really picked it up in the past, you know, several games. Luca's Luca. There just isn't too many humongous storylines with the Mavs at this current moment. Right. Next week will be kind of okay. You know, we're we're a little bit in the season. We're out of November now. We're heading into December. What you know? What's the outlook? What does the rest of the season look like for us? You're starting to get. I don't want to say you're start, you're definitely starting to look at the trade deadline. Not a ton because you still want to. You know, December is kind of that month where you really see. Okay, this is what we have. And then January, you're prepping for that trade deadline. You're seeing where can you improve? Who can you go get? So again, sorry for kind of the bare bones uh, hockey and basketball. But, I mean, again, the storylines just have not changed all that much in the past couple weeks. So. Uh, and I would do want to take this time to remind everybody that the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. And, again, I, like I say, I will be reminding everybody of this fact um, every Wednesday so or whatever you're listening to this. So you will get that reminder in case you have forgotten that the Texas Rangers uh, won the World Series this year. We're coming up on a month since it happening. You know, we're almost through November. It was November 1st. Obviously, I mean, it was one of the greatest days of my life. <laughs> it will always be one of the greatest days of my life. It was, you know, three weeks ago now today. Just awesome. I mean, just awesome to think, like, man, we, we're World Series champions. It doesn't, it still doesn't really feel real. Uh, and, and, and slowly through the offseason, it'll probably kind of wane a little bit, that kind of excitement. Once pitchers and catchers report, that is when my excitement's going to turn from, okay, excitement to determination of, okay, now we got to defend the title. You know, that banner is going to hang in our Raptors forever. Now let's go defend it, and let's go win another one. Because obviously I think the Rangers could win five straight. You know, the Rangers will never lose in the World Series again. We're the greatest team ever. No one can ever touch us. Obviously, as much as I'd love for that to be true, it's not. Do I think we can repeat? There's been a lot of, you know, every time a team wins, there's always talk. Can they repeat as champions? One of the few times that really wasn't true was the Rams when they won this past, you know, a couple years ago. Everyone was kind of like, well, can mm, no, because they're a veteran roster and they're going to progress and age and probably not going to repeat. And we've all been proven right on that end. But, you know, can, can we repeat? Of course we can. Of course we can. I thought the Astros could repeat this year, but we'll see. Um, new manager, obviously Mike Schilt got hired by the Padres. I've been saying that he was my pick for them. He has already been with the organization. He already knows, you know, the guys in it. They know him. He's comfortable. He knows the atmosphere in San Diego. He was really good with the Cardinals. Management just didn't want him for some reason. I think it was just, I think it was, you know, they said philosophical differences, whatever the hell that means. It could mean that he was old school and they were wanting to go analytical. We don't really know. But we do know that San Diego is wanting to cut payroll this year. And so you do want a good, you really don't want a first-time manager. You really didn't want to bring in somebody that hadn't managed before and 
expect them to kind of manage through this storm of, you know, big stars and, you know, big egos and big contracts and, and you know, we're, we're not going to have as much depth this year. You you want a veteran manager that's been there, done that. And I'm not saying that Schilt is a veteran like Abochi or someone like that, but you want someone that's managed before, that's filled out the that's filled out the lineup card, that's done those things, that, you know, can handle that day to day and you're not worried about it being overwhelming for him. And I think that's what Schilt brings. Uh the Hall of Fame ballot got released. And of course, we will probably deep dive this a couple of times. So you may rehear, you know, some of these points. That I'm going to make today, and I'm not going to go in full depth on every single person and why they are, why they aren't. But and I'm I'm trying to figure out my ballot because my ballot, you know, again, I don't get a vote as much as I'd love to get a vote. I don't get a vote. Um, and you know, trying to figure out, do I want to vote for a Rod? Do I not want to vote for a Rod? Who? Here are my. Here's who I'm voting for, guaranteed. And again, you get ten votes. Here are my. I don't know how many this is going to be because I'm looking at the ballot here. Here are my guarantees. All right. Carlos Beltran. I know that he had the Astro scandal, but he's still a Hall of Fame player. I'm I'm willing to overlook it. As much as I don't want to, he was a Hall of Famer before that. That that one thing, I look at when when it comes to cheating or when it comes to PEDs or when it comes to when it sorry, I don't want to say cheating. When it comes to PEDs or anything like that, that's that that is cheating to some degree. Uh there's a conversation to be had, and I'm sure when Chase gets back, we'll have that conversation about PEDs because it was cheating. In, I mean, it was on the banned substance list since 1991, but the commissioner also found, not the commissioner, a baseball writer found a bottle of androstenedione. Uh, I butchered that, but that's how I believe it's pronounced, in Mark McGuire's locker during the 98 home run chase. And the commissioner found this out, went to a local drugstore, Found it. What does it do? The pharmacist told him, well, this is what it is, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And they went, oh, okay, whatever. So you can't say that, well, he he was cheating. The commissioner of baseball literally got a—they they found, he, he knew that he had this in his locker and was actively using it. Didn't care. So if you didn't care then, why are we going to care now? Again, I'm not going to get into hold all the PED stuff. I would love to because I am a—let's just put them all in because it is a bit of a witch hunt. You are guessing on a lot of these players. Did they take? Did they not take? And even then, if they did take after 2003 when testing, if they did test positive, how many of their tests—not how many—how much of their career is, is attributed to steroids? And not only that— Steroids do not help you hit the ball. This is part of the argument that has always frustrated me. People seem to think, the people that want to keep these guys out of the Hall of Fame, they seem to think that steroid is, uh, steroids are these, is this magical substance that can just help you hit the ball 500 feet, that can turn anybody into, a, in, that can turn anybody into Babe Ruth. That is not the case. You still have to hit the ball. What I feel like steroids are going to do is it's going to basically Bonds was already, if not the best player, one of the best players in baseball. Giving him steroids is just going to make him even better, most likely, because it's going to increase his bat speed. But some middle infielder for the Oakland A's, not to pick on them, if he takes steroids, is he going to have a Hall of Fame career now because he took steroids? No. 
he's still the same player. Yes, his bat speed's increased. The, the rate at which he's hitting the ball may not increase. I mean, maybe if he, if he couldn't catch up to the fastball and now his bat speed's better, he can catch up, maybe, or something to that effect. But it doesn't help you hit the ball. It doesn't, it may, I mean, I, I, again, I'm not a far, I'm not a, I, I don't know everything that steroids do. I would imagine that it doesn't increase your focus. It gives you, it allows you to train harder. Even then, steroids, you still have to put in work. Just taking steroids does not mean what you're, if, if I took steroids starting today and for, for the next couple years, but I never pick up a weight, I'm not going to get strong. I'm not going to magically just develop muscles. I have to work. I have to work out. I have to lift. What steroids do is it allows you to train harder. It allows you to lift heavier. It allows you to pit, build more muscle faster. If I'm wrong, please comment in you know YouTube or whatever, or if you follow me on any of my social medias, DM me, because if I'm wrong, which I'm, I very well could be, would not be the first time, won't be the last, that is what I believe. It's what I have, from what the research that I have done and from what I have heard from other people, that's what I'm going with. That's where, that's where my opinion is coming from. Not a pharmacist or anything like that. Not, not an expert in this field, but you know, I think I know enough to talk about it uh, on a podcast, which, again, is not saying much anyone can have a podcast nowadays, but as evidenced by what you see on Instagram reels. But Beltron, back to baseball here for a second. You have to gauge how much did their deed, whatever they did, how much did it help their career? Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. So therefore, he, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. Carlos Beltran is a Hall of Famer before the Astros scandal. He's a Hall of Famer, following that same train of logic. Adrian Beltre, whoo, I mean, this is a toughie. You know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't, 477 home runs, uh, lifetime 286 batting average, I think 93.6 career war somewhere in there. Gold gloves, two platinum gloves, 201 defensive runs saved at third base. And remember, he was a player for, what, four or five years before he started in 98 and started tracking it in 03. So before, I think before 03, from 98, he didn't get defensive runs saved tracked for that. So who knows? It could, be, it could be a lot more. It could be less. We don't know. But 201 defensive runs saved since 2003. That is outstanding. If you don't know anything about metrics, he's a Hall of Famer. Slam dunk. I would like to... This is one of those, I don't put anything on unanimous. I don't understand. There's two things about the Hall of Fame voting I've never understood. The prestige on unanimous and the prestige on being a first time on the ballot. Why does it matter? Especially the first ballot one. Why does it matter if it's your first time on the ballot? To me, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. I'm not going to not vote for you because it's your first time. The only reason the first ballot would matter is let's say my ballot was full. Okay. And I had to pick between Gary Sheffield and Joe Maurer. Let's just say. Then it would matter because this is Sheffield's last time on the ballot. So, yes, I would be more inclined to give my vote to Sheffield over Maurer because Maurer is his first year in the ballot. He's going to have a lot more years. That's the only time first year on the ballot stuff matters. That's it. I don't understand the whole, well, he's going to be a first ballot. Well, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but probably not first ballot. I don't understand the logic of I'm not going to vote for somebody now, but I will vote for them next year because they don't deserve to be in the, for, on their first ballot. Why? They're a Hall of Famer, right? It's, it's not going to say on their plaque. I mean, maybe there isn't a guy who's never been in the Hall of Fame, 
Maybe there's something that distinguishes first-timers or not. But it shouldn't matter. You're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. You're either good enough to get in or you're not. Now, sometimes it takes guys, it takes some of these, met, like, like Scott Rowland was a guy that probably people, when he first won the ballot, everyone said no. But then as people started to realize and look at more of the numbers, oh, he actually is a Hall of Famer. Same thing with Todd Helton. So you have to convince people to vote for him, and you have to convince new writers to vote for him. So I understand maybe a little bit, but I've never understood the whole, I'm not going to vote for him because it's his first time. To me, that doesn't matter. And the unanimous thing, again, is ridiculous because, I mean, I understand why it's prestigious, but, like, it shouldn't be. You're either a Hall of Famer. If you're someone like Beltre, I would like, the if there's a writer that does not vote for him, I would like them to personally explain not just to me, to everybody, why they did not vote for Adrian Beltre. I mean, there's only ever been one unanimous selection. It was Mariano Rivera, which is hilarious to me. That means that someone didn't vote for Ted Williams. Someone didn't vote for King Griffey Jr. Someone didn't vote for Willie Mays. Someone didn't vote for Hank Aaron. Someone didn't vote for Babe Ruth or, or Ty Cobb or Hannes Wagner. or I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Someone didn't vote for Sandy Koufax. Someone didn't vote for Pedro Martinez. Like, how do you not vote for Pedro Martinez? How do you not vote for Randy Johnson? How do you not vote for Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton? How do you not vote for Tom Seaver? I could probably name a hundred more players as to why the hell did you not vote for him? But you know what? Writers are idiots sometimes, and they don't want to vote because, well, this guy was mean to me one time in his locker. That's why I don't like writers, because they use their power of being a writer, being able to vote for the awards and vote for the Hall of Fame, and they flex it on players. And they get butt hurt because players just lost a game and don't want to really, don't really want to talk. Hey, when I lost, I didn't really want to talk to anybody anyway, either. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Very few do. So for them to do it is a sign of respect to you. I never Writers get butt hurt over the littlest things. I respect writers because they, they have a hard job. But sometimes, especially in baseball, they have too much muscle, too much power, too much control over parts of the game. And they control who, how we, the fans, recognize players. And I don't like that. Because what, what makes that writer know anything more than me? You know, it, it's, just, it's, it's that feeling. But Beltre's a Hall of Famer. There's no argument. He could field, he could hit, he hit with power. There is no way you don't vote for him, but there will be somebody because he didn't win enough MVPs or he didn't win a World Series or whatever the hell the reason is. That's two I've got. Todd Hilton's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Coors Field can just, I don't care. I don't care where he played baseball. You're, who cares? Are we going to penalize hitters that play in the polo grounds? Because down the line was just nothing. I think a, I really think you know a high school kid could, could, could obviously a high school kid could hit that over the you know down the line at the polo grounds. So are we going to fault? Are, are we are we going to fault that? No. You know why? Because we're not idiots. Are, are we going to fault guys that get home runs taken away from the Green Monster? No. That's the ballpark you're playing in. If the MLB says that that ballpark is fit to play in then that means that that ballpark is fit to have a Hall of Famer play in it. I hope that logic is tracking. <laughs> I hope that that's tracking. Todd Hill, I don't care where he played his games. It, it, will it help? Again, you still got to hit the ball. 
So you so, so what what if you ask some of these people who don't want to vote for Helton because of Coors Field, I'd like to ask them. Okay, take me for example. Do you if I go to Coors Field, am I going to magically somehow hit the ball? No, no. Because it doesn't help you hit the ball. It's just it may carry a little bit better. It's going to carry better. But his OBP was still absurd. His OBP on the road, he was still a good road hitter. So Helton's a Hall of Famer, and he was a good fielder. That's three. I'm voting for Andrew Jones. Arguably, the arguably I'm saying arguably, arguably the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. And now his offense was his offense went off a freaking cliff. But you know what? He's still a Hall of Famer. I mean, if 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 we're gonna put in guys like Ozzy Smith for being a defensive wizard and not much with the bat, then then I mean Andrew Jones should get in. So what are we at now? Four? Four. Uh, Maurer is... We'll, we'll come back to Maurer. Pettit's a Hall of Famer. Andy Pettit's a Hall of Famer. And if, and, if, and if we're going to use postseason, to me, the postseason is there to help a guy's case, not hurt. Because if, 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 if postseason's going to hurt, then Verlander's going to get nicked. He is, because he has not been great in the postseason, especially in the World Series. So... I think the postseason should be there to help players, not hurt them, right? Because I think it can add to your legacy, and it shouldn't take away. I know that sounds kind of backwards, or maybe a little bit weird, um, but hey, I, I, that's what I believe. As that's five, and he was any Hall of Fame pitcher. If, if Mike Mussina is in, then Andy Pat should get in. Manny Ramirez gets my vote. I know the whole PEDs thing, um, which I mean by that logic, I guess that I should put a rod in, but we'll come back to that one. If if I'm gonna put Sheffield in, which I am. You can go ahead and add Sheffield to the list, by the way. That's seven. Manny, Manny and Sheffield were kind of the same player. Sluggers, feared hitters, but they couldn't feel it's worth a dang. Go look at their fielding numbers. They're awful. Looking at Chase Utley is the weirdest thing because people are saying, he's not a Hall of Famer. Go look at the numbers. Please, just, just go look at his numbers. He's a Hall of Famer. It, 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 was, it, it blew me away. Because I, I did not see Utley as a Hall of Famer. If you would ask me, is Chase Utley a Hall of Famer? I probably would have said probably not. 64.5 career war. 259 career home runs. Now, what's going to hurt him is he didn't hit 2,000 hits. 1,800. So that's going to that's gonna bring him down a little bit. Career 358 OBP. Career 465 slugging. Good for an 823 career OPS. A 117 OPS plus. 275 career batting average. I think the biggest one for me, though, here is so four silver sluggers, a World Series champion, and somehow did not win a gold glove. He should have won a gold glove. Career 123 defensive runs saved at second base. It's outstanding. He had 30. And I looked this up. Brandon Phillips won the gold glove in 08 for the National League. I don't know how Utley didn't win. And I think it was because fielding percentage. His was um, six points lower than Phillips was. But his defensive run saved is 30. Chase Hutley saved 30 runs in 2008, the World Series year for the Phillies. Like, that's, that's absurd. He saved 30 runs for his team that year. Just his play at second base. So an excellent, excellent fielder. Good hitter. He's a Hall of Famer. He gets my vote. He he gets my vote. Another one that gets my vote, Billy Wagner. Billy the Kid, the greatest left-handing, the left-handing, the greatest left-handed pitcher 
relief pitcher, sorry, relief pitcher of all time. And I truly believe that. He is the greatest left-handed leader of all time. So now my vote comes down to A-Rod or Maurer. A-Rod is more of a Hall of Famer. And if I am going to put Manny Ramirez in, and I am went on my rant about steroids, now the problem is, is that A-Rod took in the prime of his career. Manny didn't, from my, to my knowledge. I'm going to have to look it up, and next week I'll come back and I'll, I'll, I will have looked it up, and I will have done some research into when their PED tests and when they failed them were. But I'm going to put A-Rod in over Maurer. Maurer is an interesting, another one of those really interesting studies. He's not going to get in this year. There's, no, he's not. Is he a Hall of Famer? 55.2 career war. 2,100 hits. 306 lifetime batting average. A 388 career OBP. 439 career slugging. 827 career OPS. Good for a 124 career OPS plus. He got an MVP, got three gold gloves, five silver sluggers, three batting titles, and six all-star appearances. Just an excellent, excellent player. His 2009 year was just absurd. 28 home runs. He hit 365, 444 OBP, 585 slugging, 1,000 OP, 1,031 OPS for, on the year for that year. Just an excellent player. You look at the other metrics, an excellent player. But injuries really killed him. At his career defensive run saved at catcher's positive one. That's because he had some years where he was really in the negative. And at first base, it's it's twenty one. So he was a, a he was a good a really good fielder in his in his day. Injuries hurt him, but he's so good. He's right there. He really really is. I am going to say he's all a famer. Next year, when Sheffield falls off, he will get my vote. I don't have room for him on my ballot, right? Because I got Beltron, Beltre, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Andy Pettit, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield, Chase Sutley, and Billy Wagner. So, and I also think that Vizquel could get in the Hall of Fame with his, again, if we're going to count Ozzy Smith. Vizquel meets that criteria. But he has that domestic violence thing, so he's probably not going to make it. Probably. But that's the Hall of Fame ballot. That would be my ballot. But what, who the guys I just named. And it, it could change. I will come back next week and say if it's changed or not. Who I think will get in, I think this year, I, I pretended that someone just asked me that. Who do I think will get in? Well, I think that Beltre, Todd Helton, and Wagner will get in. I think it'll be three. That's that's what I think, along with anyone in the Veterans Committee who we've already gone over. So we'll go back over this with Chase next week, so we'll see. Uh, we have some baseball news, obviously, to get to since last week. Aaron Nola re-signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. I have to get to the thing here. Where is it? Phillies re-signed Aaron Nola. Don't remember the exact stuff. It was seven years, one seventy-two. So he definitely took a bit of a hometown discount, uh, a bit of a discount for the Phillies. But I think he really wanted to go back to Philadelphia. They really feel like they have a chance to win a World Series, and so I don't blame him. Hey, he's going to get paid, man. He is going to get paid. Uh, today, Eugenio Suarez got traded. We knew the Diamondbacks were looking for a third baseman, and they found it. They sent uh, reliever Carlos Vargas and catcher Sebi Zavala. 
to the Mariners for third baseman Eugenio Suarez. Suarez is another is an interesting player because he's going to give you 20, 30 home runs a year. But the problem is he's also going to almost he's also going to lead the league in strikeouts. Just uh, uh, again a weird player to study, but he's got a lot of pop. He has got a lot of pop in that bat. So I think him in, in Arizona, they need they need a thumper. They need somebody in that lineup that's got power. Not besides Christian Walker. Because I'm not saying that Cattell Marte or Gabriel Moreno or Lord Escariel, they got guys that can hit home runs. I'm not saying they don't. They need sluggers. They needed to add another slugger next to Christian Walker. Suarez gives you some some thump. In, in, in some muscle in, at, at the bottom of that lineup. So when they get guys over, he can get them in or strike out. So I think it's a good trade. I didn't think, I don't think they gave up a ton to get him either. You know, I mean, he did, they did not give up a ton. You know, I mean, Tom Murphy became a free agent. So Savala gives, you know, gives them a good backup catcher which is cool for them. But Vargas, he throws, he throws hard, good fastball, good sinker, you know, an intriguing relieving prospect, an intriguing reliever prospect, and they kind of kind of fills in for that maybe void left by Paul Sewald, ironically going to the Diamondbacks, um, who as Rangers fans were happy about that because we, we lit him up in the World Series. Uh, Yamamoto, Yoshi, Yoshinobu, I believe is how you say his name, uh, got posted this week on Tuesday, and I mean, it feels like the Yankees. That's gonna be. That's gonna be where he goes. That kind of seems to be. The, the feel amongst other people in the league, that all right, he's probably going to the Yankees, but, I mean, who knows? Maybe not. We'll, we'll we will have to wait, and see. But you know, obviously. One of the best pitching got one of the best you know starters on the market, uh, coming from Japan. So that's, you know, definitely a concern because I mean, but with I think with the success of Kodai Senga, with the success of obviously Shohei Otani, with the success of Yu Darvish, other guys like that, you're you're still going to give him a lot of money. You're that's you're, you you you're still going to do that. Um. Obviously, another big news, non-tender, Brandon Woodruff. Wait, no. Yes. Yes, I don't know why I'm having, I'm I'm blanking here. You know, the non-tender deadline came. We, Rangers non-tendered Matt Bush and Brett Martin. Could definitely see both of those guys. Yes, Woodruff, he got got non-tendered because he's injured. So you're probably going to sign him for... You know, multiple multiple years would probably be what you're doing. You're you're signing him for 2025, essentially. Other news: Aaron Bummer goes to the Braves, and the Braves gave up a ton to get him. Now, I like Aaron Bummer. All right, I think he's a good relief pitcher, good lefty. But you gave up Mike Soroka, and Jared Schuster, and then Nicky Lopez, and a couple other guys. That's a lot for him. But hey, hats off to Chris Getz for getting a haul for a guy that didn't have a ton of use for anymore. So hey, good for them. Uh, the Cardinals signed Lance Lynn to a one-year deal, uh, around ten million dollars. Obviously, some incentives. 
with a club option for 2025, and I believe they gave nearly the same contract to Kyle Gibson. Yes, they gave the same contract to Gibson. So they signed two veteran pitchers um, to go along with Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz. So obviously, you know, they lost Jordan Montgomery. Thank you again for that. So they're kind of stuck with they, you know, they need they we knew they needed to add starters in the offseason. Um, I think everyone kind of expected them to be back in the Jordan Montgomery kind of sweepstakes. Would they be in on Yamamoto? We had heard that they wanted to add a frontline guy, but they added two, I think two number fours here. So they're, they're, they're trying to build, it feels like a rotation of kind of veterans and some innings eaters that can give you quality innings and hopefully keep you in games. But, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting strategy. I will say that. It is an interesting strategy from the Cardinals. You know, that that's about it on the, on the MLB news front, at least. You know, so we've started to see some dominoes fall. Finally. It's taken long enough. But I think everyone's just kind of waiting to see what happens with Shohei. And once Shohei, once that domino falls... Oh, everyone will be falling. And, you know, the news came out that Shohei will hold it against the team if it comes out that he had a meeting with them. I think I find that to be hysterical. Because you're basically, I mean, you're, you're, you're telling a team, if you say that you talk to me, you can't sign me. I think, I think it's funny, personally. But we'll see uh, when it comes to it. Obviously, the Rangers in on Shohei, in on Montgomery, in on Hader. I don't know if we have the money to sign all those guys. But you know what? I, I've adopted this saying, and I think every Rangers fan has as well. In Chris Young, we trust. In Chris, I trust Chris Young. I trust that Ray Davis will do whatever it takes to win. I trust that Chris Young will make the smart moves. So whatever we do, don't think about it. Just trust Chris Young. Until he no longer has my trust, which will be a while, I trust what he does. Moving on to football. And I did not do the full records. I just counted how many games Chase was up. So heading into this week, Chase was up plus eight. And now he is up plus, I believe, ten. Because he gained two more this week. So Chase is beating me pretty good. Pretty good. So I need to make comebacks. I need to stay to look up a little bit of a comeback here. But we're going to go with the, the, the week 11 games for football here. Bengals at Ravens, you know, Ravens got that one, so we were both right. Yippee. Cowboys at Panthers, we, we will come back to. Obviously, we were both right. Steelers at Browns, I we both picked the Browns. For some reason, I thought he'd pick the Steelers, um, but he didn't. You know, I picked I picked DTR. I was right. Yay. We all rejoice. Cardinals at Texans, we both said Texans. We were both correct. Uh, both said Jags over Titans. We were both right. We were both right about Dolphins over Raiders. We were both right about Lions over Bears. That Lions game, man, really came down to the wire. Really came down to the wire. It was a lot of fun to watch, though. Chargers at Packers. Um, he was wrong. I was right on that one, so I was very, very happy. Obviously, Jordan Love played a good game. Uh, the Packers did just, just enough, and Brandon Staley deserves to be fired. Shocker. Giants at Commanders. We were both wrong. We said the Commanders. Um, I mean, DeVito just looked really good. He, he rebounded. Got to give him credit. Buccaneers at Niners, we both said uh, the Niners, obviously both correct. He got me, I picked the Jets, remind me to never do that again, uh, over the Bills, and he picked the Bills, and he was right. I mean, obviously, in, in retrospect, it was a dumb pick on my move, on, on my, it was a dumb move on my end, what I was going for. 
uh, Vikings at Broncos. We were both wrong, and we were both wrong on Eagles. Or sorry, uh, he got me on the Seahawks Rams. The Seahawks had that game. That frustrated the living crap out of me because I'm thinking, all right, good, good. I'm going to get this one too. And then just nothing. It really sucked. Really, really, really sucked. Uh, Eagles at Chiefs. I'd like to say something to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You don't even deserve to play in the Canadian Football League. You deserve to be cut and never even get another freaking tryout in any type of professional football. You don't even deserve to play flag football. You should be forced to retire from the game of football forever. If we catch you playing in your backyard with your family, we're going to arrest you. It will be illegal for you to play football. How do you drop that? I know that I'm not a receiver. And I know that as a fan, and especially now that, you know, being in the uh, being in the media, having the ability to talk about this on a platform, somewhat of a platform at least, means that it's easy for me to go, oh, how could you? And, of course, I'm sure he feels awful about it. Catch the ball. Catch the freaking football. I'm trying not to scream into the mic, but, but uh, catch the ball. Catch. You know, catch keeping the ball in your hands. He had it. He had that thing in his hands, and he dropped it. Well, he was falling, so catch the ball. It hit you in the hands. Oh, God, he just can't, can't catch anything. Well, look at that, Jim. You know, who's on the call that game? Well, you know, uh, if, I, if, if, if Joe Buck, you know, if I've been Troy Aikman, Joe Buck goes, man, he, he just can't seem to, he's really fast, but I'm like, well, it doesn't matter how fast he is. You know, Joe, he can't catch the ball. It doesn't matter if you can run 50 miles an hour. Guess what? If you can't catch the football, it doesn't matter how fast you can run. Imagine that. That's something that I kind of want to tell you know, some people, you know, well, look at this guy. He ran super fast. So does that translate to the field? And not only does it translate, can they play? Anyone can be. Uh, a lot of people are fast. A lot of people are strong. A lot of people can make guys, you know, you know is that functional on the football field when you get the pads on, the jersey? pants is is it functional then can you use that speed can you catch the ball can you do things so anyway you can't tell i'm frustrated because we i had i was this close to tying him because if you know he went up two, you know i was this close to beating him by two think about that because if we'd have flipped if if, if we'd have flipped one game you know We'd have been, we, if you flip one of those, we're even. You flip another one, I'm up. So I, I was this close to being up, but you know what? It sucks. Whatever, move on. Week 12, time to stage the comeback for the ages here. Packers at Lions Thanksgiving, first game. I'd love to take the Packers, but the Lions are just playing really well right now. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't go against the Lions here, and uh, ne- neither could Chase. I have Chase's picks, and I'll announce what he's going with. I, ca- I can't go with why he's going with it. But, oh, sorry, scatterbrain here, forgot. Cowboys at Panthers. I'm going to talk about this one for a second. I got sidetracked by my VARC, by my uh, MVS little rant there. Obviously, we won the game. You know, I mean, that, that was pretty expected. I didn't expect to lose that game. It was a little bit closer than I would have liked for the first, you know, couple quarters there. But, you know, the superior talent showed. They were very undisciplined. The Panthers were. O-line played well. Everyone played well. I didn't feel like anyone played badly. You know, Dak played good. 
if people need to settle down. You know, the, all the DAC haters that think they know football, they need to settle down. They really need to settle down because it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, bro, do you expect him to throw for 400 yards every game? Because I don't. He, he play good enough for us to win. You can, you can win the Super Bowl doing that. You, you can win the Super Bowl playing good enough to win. So it's, it's what Jalen Hurts is doing. But it's what the Eagles are doing. Hurts is playing just good enough for them to win the football game. The team is playing just good enough to win. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's all that matters. As much as I hate it for the Eagles, that's all that matters. Again, played well. There's just not much to dissect because we killed them. Again, beat them. Deron Bland ties the NFL record. Fourth pick six. So hopefully, I think he'll break the record. I think he'll break the record. I mean, seeing some of the quarterbacks he's going to play. He gets to play Sam Howell twice. Now, he's done with the Giants, unfortunately. But he gets to play Josh Allen. You know, obviously, turnover machine. He gets to play Hurts again, who turns the ball over at a pretty high rate. So he's, he's got some, you know, he, he's got some games to, to get another pick six. Personally, I think, I, think, I think it could happen tomorrow. I think he could get another pick six. Then, you know, tomorrow and next week will be Geno Smith. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do. But I think Bland's going to get the record. Now, moving to week 12. Where was I? Oh, Cowboys Commander. That's why I got sidetracked. So obviously, both went Lions. Uh, we're going to beat the bricks off the Commanders. I mean, their past, their offense worries me a little bit because Sam Howell has played really well, has played pretty well this year. Uh, they have got good weapons. Brian Robinson, Antonio, you know, you know, uh, John Dotson, you got Terry McLaurin, you got Curtis. I mean, you've got some really good weapons. Their offensive line needs some work, and their defense is pretty bad. It was kind of funny because that used to be the strength of the team. Now it's kind of the they're they're kind of bad, especially in their secondary. They're awful, awful secondary. Dak should have a feast against them. So if you have any of the Cowboys receivers, play them in fantasy. I'm playing Brandon Cooks in one of my leagues. Um, I know we don't talk fantasy on here, um, mostly because I don't want that to take up too much of the time. But seeing as how uh, I'm alone and I don't have any, you know, I don't you know, no co-host today. Oh boy, hold on. We have a Cowboys injury, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, in one of my leagues, I'm ten. I'm ten and one. Uh, have a really good team, and then in my other, in my another league, I'm seven and four. So I'm not gonna go through my entire team. If I, I wish I could show, but in one of my leagues, I'm starting Brandon Cooks. It's we have a really high scoring league. This is gonna sound crazy to some people. We we run three receivers, um, two running backs, a tight end, two flex. Kicker, defense, and quarterback, obviously. So you get that third receiver and that second flex. So I have Cooks in my second flex. Um, my receivers in this league is uh, Puka Nakua, Brandon Ayuk, and Chris Olave. So I went heavy receiver. Um, feel pretty feel pretty confident in that group there. We're, we're 10-1, top of the league. You know, just really good, really good team. My other league, it's really funny. Uh, I'm in third place, but I'm still the highest scorer by like 200 points. It's the I'm, I it, it's really weird. This this team I got in my starting lineup this week. I got Dak, DJ Moore. It's 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 normal. Dak, DJ Moore, Mike Evans, Alvin Kamara, Bijan Robinson, George Kittle, and my flex. I've been kind of running. You know, obviously A Chain was last week before he got hurt. It was A Chain, and was kind of running Brian Robinson and Evans because I had Garrett Wilson as my other receiver, but Wilson's been getting on my nerves at not scoring points. Uh, at least he's been super—the quarterback plays and so inconsistent. I just can't trust him. 
I mean, the man, the man scored minus negative point one point for me, negative negative point one zero points last week. I can't have that happen again this week. So, uh, you know, I, I just can't play. I mean, I'm playing the number one team in the league, so I would need a big week here. So right now I'm running Devin, Devin Singletary, my flex, but I could change that. I have Brandon Cook, Say Flowers, Tyler Boyd, so I got some other guys. I always, and in both leagues, I have Brandon Aubrey in the Dallas defense because I'm a homer. Just thought I would throw that out there. So if you need fantasy advice, hit me up because I've been doing pretty good. Uh, we're going to beat the Commanders. Boy, the injury news. This is what happens when I don't have a co-host here to keep my brain in check. Uh, Jerron Curse is doubtful for tomorrow uh, with a back injury. Unlikely to play. So some Moyne Thomas... Probably in there, so we're okay. We can lose him. I'm not saying that's a bad. Like it's, I'm happy he's hurt. Let me rephrase. We can. Aff- he's in. We have good depth behind him, so we're okay. Not worried. Uh, 49ers at Seahawks to close out Thanksgiving. As much as I'd love to pick the Seahawks, I just I can't. After that game against the Rams, I just can't against the Niners. So Niners, uh, same as Chase. Me and Chase both agree on the Black Friday game as well. Um, I think they were hoping that this would be Aaron Rodgers versus the Dolphins. Uh, they're not. <laughs> it's, it's not. Uh, we're both going at the Dolphins, though, obviously. Uh, we're both taking the Steelers over the Bengals. I think Matt, the absence of Matt Canada will light a fire under the Steelers' offense, and I see them having a pretty big day, uh, personally. What else we got here? Texans. Oh, sorry. Jaguars at Texans. Now, he's going Jaguars on this game. I'm going Texans. So our first disagreement. Come on, Texans. Come on, Texans. I need this one. I really need this one. Down by, what, 10, I said? Oh, God. Oh, it's a lot. I need to really, I need this one bad. Really need this one. So I, I, I really need Texans. I mean, Texans have been playing some really good football lately. The Jags are a good team. I think the Texans want to assert their dominance in that AFC South here as we get into the, you know, towards the end of the season almost. Wow, it's crazy. We're almost, I mean, we're already week 12. Who else we got? Buccaneers at Colts. We both take the Buccaneers. I just don't trust the Colts against the Buccaneers team. I just don't. Saints at Falcons. I don't trust Arthur Smith. I definitely trust Derek Carr more than that. I'd love to take the Patriots over the Giants. I just... I, the Patriots have been so bad and so destined by injuries. I think if the Patriots win, though, it will be because Bill Belichick game-planned and destroyed Tommy DeVito. Panthers at Titans. First disagreement. He is taking the Panthers. I am taking Will Levis and the Titans. But more importantly, I'm taking Mike Vrabel over uh, Frank Reich. That's more of what I'm going with there. Rams at Cardinals. Our third and final disagreement here. Uh... I'm going Rams. Rams played. They they found a way to win. I think they'll find another way to win against the Cardinals this week. Browns at and they plus they've always played the Cardinals pretty well. You know, McVay has always done a pretty good job. Browns at Broncos. As much as I would love to go with DTR, the Broncos have just playing has just been playing really well. And I don't want to go against them. Chiefs at Raiders. And again, the rest of the way, Chase is going with what I'm going with, just for reference. Chiefs at Raiders, obviously Chiefs. Don't need to explain that one. Bills at Eagles, as much as I would love to go with the Bills and manifest it, it didn't work last week. I'm going with my gut. I'm going Eagles, but, oh, I hope I'm wrong. Then we got Ravens at Chargers. We both 
are going with the Ravens. Obviously, I mean, I just think they're going to kill Brandon Staley. I don't think, I just, it's not going to be good. I think the Ravens are going to beat him. Pretty good. Bears at Vikings. The Bears have just found ways to lose. I won with Josh Dobbs. I won with the Vikings. They've played a really good Broncos team really well. So I think they're going to play the Bears team well. There were a couple other ones I could disagree with him there, but I'm not going to. So that has been what has happened in this week. This week sports. Again, I hope everybody has a very good Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a good and important, safe Black Friday. We don't need any people. We don't need anyone getting trampled or anything. But we will. I will talk to you guys, of course, next week. Chase will be back next week, so you will not. It will not just be uh, solo here in the podcast studio. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you.